Hello, I'm Shelby, and a fun fact about me is that I become physically aggressive when people try to throw wrapping paper in the garbage. Oh my. Uh, uh, why, why do you think that is? Because I like to reuse it. I fold it up and I use it again. Well, sounds like you have something in common with our uh, main character's mother. But um, my name is Damon, and I have an original Pokemon Blue for Game Boy with all 150 Pokemon caught on it. I have no idea what that means, but you gotta catch them all. I gotta it's... catch them all. Yeah, I had to trade with my friends who had uh, one of my friends had Pokemon Red, and they put some Pokemon in one game, some Pokemon in the other, so it forces you to trade. So like, this was this is a big deal. Back in oh. the day. Mm-hmm. Did you like open up a leather jacket and like, would you like to buy a Pokemon or whatever? Uh, sure. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what happened. Yep, I'm a Pokemon dealer. All right, Pokemon so, dealer. Uh, yeah, why are we here today, Shelby? Well, this is The Protagonist Project, a book club-style podcast where we discuss a selected novel chapter by chapter and award stars to our favorite characters. Our current book is Murder Can Mess Up Your Masterpiece by Rose Pressy. That sounds like a pretty terrifying title. <laughs> Murder? <laughs> Painting? What? Masterpieces? Well, so cool. Um, yeah, so we read the first three chapters for this podcast today, and we're going to be talking about our thoughts on it. And do you want to start with that, Shelby? I have to read a few of these reviews on the back of the book in case you're still on the fence about following along with us and reading this book. Because I like uh, it's pretty great. Yeah, so the book is a haunted craft fair mystery and it's the first in a series of books so we we could go far with this so being that it's you know a murder mystery um one of the reviews is by kirkus reviews and it says chock full of ghosts cats possessed by spirits a handsome police officer boyfriend and tips on the afterlife and vintage shopping it's a lot going on yeah wow that makes me excited to get further in this book there's a lot going on yeah and uh, the fact that it says cats possessed by spirits, I feel, is a little bit redundant because all cats are possessed by spirits. Hey, now. <laughs> like your cat isn't? Do you ever see, like, that weird stretchy thing or the big yawn where their uh, jaw just... No, the but she does turn into a demon at night and start attacking our feet at 4 a.m. <laughs> see, possessed by a spirit, a foot spirit. So, okay, I have one more. Um, the other one is from, you know, very popular best-selling author Janet Ivanovich, and her very fantastic review is, Rose Pressy's books are fun. <laughs> and that's all she's got, so <laughs> I think we're in for a good time. I, I would say so indeed. Yes. Okay, should we throw ourselves into chapter one? Yeah, chapter one. Um, Shelby, can you remind me what happened in chapter one? I, I can do my very best. Okay. Start walking our way through it. So very first thing that happens in this book is chaos. You'll love to see it. So we're introduced to our main character, Celeste, and her family. And Celeste is just seeing pink. So she's got her pink little camper trailer with her pink truck, with all of her pink presents that a friend brings her, settled at an art fair. She loves pink. 
Okay. Yes, and yes. And also a pink quilt and a pink bed and a pink, yeah, it went on and on. Oh, pink pillowcases with hearts on them? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Everything is pink. I think her food is probably pink. Probably. Not yeah. her eyes, though. Her eyes are not pink. No, no, no. no we'll, her, her eyes are actually, we'll she describes eyes. her own eyes as big brown eyes, the shade of a scrumptious piece of Godiva chocolate. Uh, no. Like, I mean, I'm that's just how gonna... I describe my eyes. <laughs> I've gotten that before, and it is not a great compliment. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and take five points away from Celeste. She's going to get five stars less for the, Ooh, the really already negative five. Celeste. We're at a whopping negative five, but also plus five stars for loving pink so much that you literally can't see any other colors. I hope that it looks good on you. All right. So now that we're at a whopping zero stars for Celeste, um, Celeste is getting her little camp area set up. She's going to sell her paintings at this art fair and her family's all there and they're all trying to help. And her mom is all excited about her little twinkly camper lights. And she's telling Celeste about her little lights that she's hanging up. And Celeste just goes, that's great, mom, but we'd better help Papa with the lights before he trips over them and kills himself. And then it cuts to Papa, like trying to get these lights up or whatever. And he's strangling himself. Poor Papa. Yeah, he immediately got lights tangled around his neck, and oh, He's just trying to help. It's so cute. Just can't do anything right. Just falling all over the place. Everything that Papa tries to do is a danger to society. He's just a mess. And so after he falls over and, you know, gets himself strangled by the lights, Celeste goes over there and is like, now how did you do that, Papa? Very, very babies him. I think that Papa is a baby. Papa's definitely the baby. Yeah, so plus five stars to Papa for trying to help and for failing miserably. And what else was going on? Uh, She talks about her dog, Van Gogh, who has one ear. He does Um, not have one ear. It's just one ear flops lower than the other one. Oh, is it? Okay, I missed that. Because Yeah, he's a white chihuahua look. with a floppy ear. <laughs> Let's call him Van Gogh. So I noticed that the cover of this book, the, the cover art, has a little Van Gogh, and he has both ears, and they're both fine. So I'm a little scandalized. Yeah, they need to hire a better artist. Yeah, if you pick up this book, don't be, uh, don't be misinformed about Van Gogh. One ear flops. Van Gogh is awesome, and he's a little chihuahua, I think. And he's uh, taking tools and running around the trees, and her brothers are trying to help, and they're falling in the mud, and her dad falls off a ladder, and it's all just a mess. Yes, yes, and dad is like, I've had worse falls than that. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, clearly he has. Um, So go ahead, and uh, I'm going to give five stars to Van Gogh for causing chaos and destruction. I love it. Yep. I think think we need it. And um, Celeste is given a present by a friend. Yes, Sammy Sutton. Of course, it's pink. And of course, Celeste's mother comes over and says, oh, don't tear the wrapping paper. I'll I'll save that. (coughs) Shall we? (laughs) (laughs) I really try not to attack people for the wrapping paper, but I can't help it. And... uh, you have anything else about chapter one? It basically just sets the scene. 
Yeah, um, I think we also met one other character in chapter one. We met Evan, and um, they really just saw him from a distance. But the very first thing we hear about Evan, Evan's the guy that runs the craft fair, essentially. And um, Celeste's brother sees him and immediately says, he seems shady, if you ask me. (laughs) All from watching him driving a golf cart. So the way you drive uh, that golf cart sure is shady. Yeah. So that's our first uh, thing with Evan. Um, and they also reference the fact that he's wearing a gold ring on his finger, which mm. I think we see again in chapter two when we get there. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, plus five stars for Evan for wearing that flashy ring and for looking fabulous. Absolutely. And I think he'll probably earn more for that later. <laughs> For sure. Um, all right. Anything else? Should we keep the train chugging? I right, let's just keep on going. Okay. So next we're launching ourselves into chapter two. Are you ready? I don't know, Shelby, am I? <laughs> you ready for the mystery? Start picking up? Oh, I am totally ready for this mystery. Especially because this chapter starts with, I want to return that horrible painting. <laughs> Literally the first (laughs) sentence of the chapter. What a bad review as an artist. Someone comes up trying to sell paintings and they want to return it. Oof. Yeah, so Celeste is at her uh, little art show. She's got a booth and she's selling her paintings. That lady comes up, wants to return the painting. And Van Gogh immediately starts barking at this customer as she approaches with the painting. And Celeste is just kind of like, oh, he wouldn't bite her unless she tried to pet him. (laughs) <laughs> or turned around, or looked at him or breathed in his direction. You know what? Actually, he will kill you. So Van Gogh is a little evil, and I like it. He's seeing something. He's definitely protective of his Celeste and her art. Yes. And um, apparently the art is haunted because this customer says that this painting was giving her a hard time. And... It sounds ridiculous, but then you hear Celeste talk about the night that she painted it. She just kind of goes, oh, I'll never forget the evening I painted that piece of art. And the way that she describes that evening makes it sound like she was summoning a demon. Oh, absolutely. I have that highlighted if you want those words. Yeah. All right. Oh, yes. I'd never forget the evening I painted the aforementioned piece of art. Rain had battered against the windows of my cottage, almost in rhythm with each stroke of my brush. Thunder rattled the walls, and lightning had caused the lights to flicker on and off. The dense trees surrounding my place acted almost as a comforting, earthy embrace. While at home, I always felt safe from the overwhelming and hectic world. And then my favorite sentence, or favorite two sentences. Oil painting, uh, sorry, not that one. Um, The subject of my work had popped into my mind as clear as any living person. It was as if she was pleading with me to immortalize her on the canvas. Uh oh. Um. Seems like- <laughs> okay. Red flags. Maybe don't paint uh, a woman who is as clear as any living person and pleading with you. Yeah, I'm. I'm a little nervous about that. Seems suspicious. So the woman who said the painting was haunted. Uh. She definitely described the haunting as doors slamming, unexplained footsteps. The painting was knocked off the wall and landed on the floor all the way across the room. Yikes. So here's 
That's like, uh-oh, I guess I summoned a demon. Uh-oh. Yeah, but Celeste, bless her heart, is just like, that's weird, but I think she's just pulling my foot. <laughs> um, plus three stars to Celeste for summoning a demon through her art. Um, so then after this woman returns the painting, she leaves, right? I think is what happens. And then another woman approaches and starts looking at Celeste's paintings. Yes. And so she's looking at the paintings and she's saying, oh, like, interesting how you put that skull or whatever into the painting. Celeste is like, what? <laughs> the what? Um, so then Celeste says, now this was the second odd experience I'd had in less than an hour. My life had always been uneventful. Apparently, I was making up for that now. Have you had no real life experiences? Right? <laughs> yeah, she's like, nothing unusual has ever happened to me. So two in one hour this is crazy. Yeah, given she's been summoning demons into her painting, I think she would be used to this by now. Yeah, she's really bringing in the weird. Yeah. So they're looking at the paintings. Um, I think the woman says, you know, oh, well, I can see with my glasses, you know, through the glass, I can see like skeletons and skulls in your painting. So then Celeste is holding up a glass jar or something and looking at all the paintings to find the hidden creepy images. So like, she has I don't buy that. See how naive she was about everything up until this point? To actually think and be like, hmm, let's try a different kind of glass and see if I can see the hidden object that way. <laughs> Suddenly, she's got intelligence when she didn't before. I, I don't buy it. <laughs> I, I'm giving uh, Celeste another five points for being super shady because I think she's hiding something. Ooh, you think that she is summoning demons into her paintings intentionally? Oh, she is 100% summoning de demons into her paintings intentionally. This whole, oh, I'm innocent, nothing weird ever happens to me, it's all a front. She knows it. So, the murder that can mess up your masterpiece? You think it was Celeste? Oh, it was definitely the demon then, the masterpiece, but Celeste, oh. Celeste uh, worked with them. Mm -hmm. mm, she had like okay. a contractual bond with them or something. Okay, I dig it. Yep. There's my there's my theory. All right, I solved the book. <laughs> it's over, it's solved. Um, oh, I wanted to point out, um, they're looking at all the paintings with glass, and they're looking at all the skulls and stuff in the paintings. And when this woman, who noticed with her glasses all the skulls, tries to tell Celeste about her own art booth a few booths down, Celeste just goes, sounds lovely. Back to the painting, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was weird. So, one star for being absolutely savage, because that one lone star can be your only friend that you have when you keep acting like this with people. Sounds about right. Anything else on chapter two? Um, no, but I do want to read the very last line of the chapter, because that was pretty great, too. Please now do. I was alone, staring at the woman's portrait. Or was she staring at me? <laughs> we need a scary sound effect. Oh, we totally do. Like yes. a theremin? 
Please do that every time something paranormal happens. I will try to remember. Please. Okay, great. All right, chapter three. All right. Do you want to start or do you want me to just shoot forward? Um, I can start and you can feel free to take over when it feels right. So chapter three, we start off by meeting another new character, uh, Carly Coy. And Carly Coy is a jewelry maker that specifically makes a lot of leather items. Um, And I really like her a lot. Uh, So... They're having conversations about how things are going and they're complaining about Evan because Evan's being being Evan, which just she's not a great fun person to be around. But then Carly is like, if he keeps testing my patience, I'll tell it too. She picked up one of those sharp tools beside her and stabbed a strip of leather. Um, Over here looking like me when someone throws some wrapping paper away. Yeah, wow. <laughs> um... So she doesn't like Evan. That's that's very clear. Something uh, that she says to make it even more clear is his personality is so off-putting. <laughs> oh, yes. Absolutely. Just great phrasing. Like, she's so angry, and she just goes, oh, he's off-putting. Yep. And then, so they finish talking, and so she goes away, and then another new character comes in. And her name is Char Prickett. And... While she is kind of talking to Celeste, let's see, she also does jewelry, too. She does, like, necklaces and bracelets and earrings. Oh, um, yes. And lots of, like, gems. And so they're talking, while they're talking, Evan comes up to them and starts complaining that her booth is out two inches too far. And just kind of being a jerk about it. And so then they start complaining about Evan after he leaves. Um, of course. But before Evan leaves, we see his ring again that we heard about in the last chapter, or in the first chapter, and um, it was a special sort of ring. There were a couple different diamonds in it, I think three of them, and he is very protective of it and very proud of it. He's like, oh, I had a design. It was all my idea, as soon as somebody even looks at it. So that was interesting. Um, and you know what grabs my attention as that happened was when Celeste looked at it and Evan acted a little bit possessive over it, you know, he kind of hid it away again. And um, she responds to this by narrating, I don't wear much jewelry anyway. A small diamond and a pearl ring my parents had given me for my 21st birthday is all I wear. Maybe a locket necklace or some pearls for special occasions. I like to keep things simple and basic like t-shirts, jeans, and tennis shoes. That's my style. Yep. <laughs> need all this t-shirt <laughs> and pearls gotcha nice and simple gotcha great so she goes on a lot of these little tangents where she just goes on about something we don't really need to know like all of her pink pillowcases and quilts and where she got them and where they are and what they look like i get that we're setting a scene here it's the beginning mm-hmm. of the book but there's a lot of times where our little friend celeste just really goes on past the point that we need absolutely but i would like to <laughs> award evan seven points for designing his own ring like that's pretty cool and uh i'm gonna take away eight points for being a snob about it fair enough fair enough do you think that's why he started the craft fair though like he's really into jewelry making but doesn't let on about it except for his ring and so he wanted to have a place where he could explore that side of himself 
That's so beautiful. I hope he's that complex. I hope he sticks around for a long time. Yeah, I hope so too. <laughs> Uh, okay, so after he leaves, then we hear our second um, murderous intent towards Evan, where Shar is like, if he messes with me, I'll knock him into the middle of next week, looking both ways for Sunday. Shar pumped her fist. Um, <laughs> yeah. fist. Yeah. But then uh, Celeste is just like, oh, Shar seems too nice to actually punch Evan. So, like, you knew this girl for, what, like two minutes, and you're making these snap judgments? How yeah, you, you know might she's want too nice. Caution. Yes. And I loved the way that she was narrating um, how Shar was feeling because after she punches the air and talks about beating Evan into next week or whatever, Celeste is just like, obviously, Evan made her extremely mad. Like, okay, plus five stars for you, Celeste, for those incredible observation skills. <laughs> so incredible. Mm hmm. Yep. Oh, so then we see the hint of a plot coming in the end of chapter three when we find out that Carly's money has been stolen after the first day of the craft fair. Yes. So Ruth and Celeste um, went and talked to Carly um, about the money being stolen. And Celeste notices a little bit of blood on Carly's hand. And she says, oh, are you OK? And Carly kind of tucks her hand away and says, I'm fine. Yeah, that was kind of weird. Also, I don't think we brought up Ruth previously. Um, mm, you're right. We haven't talked about Ruth. Yeah. What did she do again? Oh, I can't even remember. She's another crafter at the fair, though. She was the one that saw the hidden pictures in the painting. We just didn't say her oh, name. Oh, that's right. Yes, yep. I didn't say her name, but that was Ruth. Yep, that is Ruth Gordon. So she has a booth just a few booths away from Celeste yeah. and didn't care about it. So we didn't get to hear anything about it. Yep. But she is a little bit shady herself because she is after Carly's money is stolen. She starts asking Celeste about, Oh, do you keep your money in your trailer? And Celeste is like, um, yeah, until I bring it to the bank. And, and then Ruth oh. says, oh, don't worry about that. No need to bring it to the bank. Just keep it safe. You keep it safe, right? Maybe under your bed, maybe in a sock. Where do you keep it? Where's your money? Exactly. And then, uh, well, bless her heart, Gillette is actually suspicious of her. Oh. Well, no, she's not, though. She's not. Never mind. She, uh, <laughs> she said, oh, where I kept my money is my secret. What if the thief overheard me say? So she's not suspicious of Ruth at all. She's worried that somebody else might overhear it. She's worried that the trees might overhear and tell the thief. Yes. Although she does say that something about Ruth seemed a bit off. When she smiled, it didn't seem genuine. All right. Well, there's the beginnings of Celeste getting it together. So that's pretty much it for Chapter 3. We've got multiple people mad at Evan. We've got money being stolen. We've got Celeste being naive, haunted paintings. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. We got a pretty busy three chapters here. Yeah. And so, I suppose uh, I have to back up any points we've been giving whatsoever, but uh, I think Evan's at like negative one. Um, Celeste is at maybe like thirty-two or something. Dad is at five. Van Gogh is at five. 
I think. All right. I'm just guessing. I don't know. I mean, if you let me, I'll give Papa a million stars because he just tries so hard. I and think he's so- I need to see more of Papa before we give him a million stars. I need to see more Papa overall. I hope that he is the sleuth of the novel. Oh, that would be neat. Or maybe the sequel Ooh. all about him. <gasps> oh my god, Damon. Oh my god. He better whole not bo- die. He better not die. No, if this is a murder mystery about solving Papa's death, then this this is over. This book club is over. I'm I'm not doing it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I will support that. Okay. So I suppose next time we will be discussing chapters four through six. Yes, we will. Feel free to read along with us. As you can see, we are just kind of discussing it little by little. And feel free to have some fun with us. All right. Bye.